You're listening to Fit Girl, your guide to getting in shape, the podcast dedicated to helping you separate fact from fiction in fitness. For more details about this podcast and other episodes, visit fitgirlpodcast.com. This is podcast episode number 295. In this episode, the single most important training variable that most people don't know about or screw up massively. What it is, how to use it, and why you need to focus on this for results, and how this factors into your workout motivation. I recently posted a video on YouTube about tempo training, and this is definitely something that most people don't know a lot about. Most of the time when I meet with new clients or if I'm teaching a class, the first thing I have to correct is the tempo. Most people are going way too fast when they're lifting and lowering weights. And that's also true for machines. Pay attention to your next workout. See if you are one of those fast movers. And you'll see what I'm talking about in the video. But I also said that I was going to go into more detail here because there's some pieces that I left out of the video just to kind of make it a little bit shorter and more compact. and. There's still important pieces of information that I think people need to know. So here it comes. Now, if you wondered why tempo is so important, well, it actually plays a huge role in how you impact and stimulate your muscles. And it's definitely going to make a difference in whether you get results or you get an injury. And we've talked about before how if you get an injury from doing something wrong, you're going to be out a long time. And that's going to lead to a whole nother uh, league of issues. Tempo also refers to the time under tension. Well, it's not the same thing, but with your tempo, you can create more time under tension. And that means that you have a longer time in which your muscles are being stimulated. And that's the whole point of going to the gym and working our muscles is to stimulate the muscles to help them grow and be stronger. But the other thing that we forget to think about is that stimulating those muscles also is stimulating the nervous system. And that's all throughout the body. It all works together. Just training your biceps works the nervous system for the entire body, not just for the biceps. Slower tempos with more moderate weights rather than doing heavy weights and kind of throwing them around will stimulate the muscle and the nervous system much more efficiently than, of course, the faster version. And that is the whole goal when we're trying to develop strength and added muscle tissue to increase our metabolism. That's the number one reason why tempo is so important as far as getting the results. Of course, number two would be less chance of injury because you're not throwing weights around or using momentum. Since there is so much variety in how you can create tempos for training, that means that you're going to be able to have different types of programs and even using the same exercises, it'll be less boring because you'll have different focus points for the different ranges of motion of the tempo. And that means you can overcome plateaus and you're not going to get bored and you're going to just continue that stimulation of your body. That's what we need to kind of back up and say, what is tempo? Well, tempo is the pace at which you're lifting your weights. And when you think about your exercises, there's four different points of when you're lifting the weight. You've got the lifting, the pause at the top and bottom, and the lowering. So those are the four points where you would have some sort of tempo. And you can pause for anywhere from zero, negative zero, which is kind of the X that's more explosive, or you can pause for one second, two seconds, and that would be at the fully extended portion or at the peak contraction. There's numerous ways of combining it, but there are also different time under tensions or different rep speeds for different training results. 
For example, if you were training for endurance, well, you're going to have longer or want to have longer time under tension than if you're looking to train for something explosive like an Olympic lift. That's going to dictate how you're going to calculate out your tempo because, of course, your tempo is basically telling you how many seconds you will be doing that exercise. That's how we use those time under tension guidelines and parameters to kind of help us design our program in more detail. When you're talking about losing body fat or changing your body composition, manipulating the tempo is going to create a big what they call metabolic disturbance, which means that, yeah, you're going to be impacting your metabolism. A longer time under tension also leads to the release of growth hormone, which is also a major fat burning hormone. It's also going to trigger a greater afterburn. So that's still where you're burning more calories after long after the exercise is complete. Besides the fact that it's going to make for a more interesting workout and one that you can keep progressing with and changing, you're also going to definitely get the benefits of fat loss and body recomposition from the tempo training. Another huge benefit of tempo training is that it actually helps your brain and muscles connect. So it makes your brain better at actually controlling your muscles. And I think the mind-muscle connection is something that a lot of people don't even think about, but it is very crucial if you want to get the most out of your exercises because you want to be right there present in your muscle. You want to be able to associate the different feelings and how you're activating that muscle in different parts of the range of motion. Because if you're just kind of going through the motions, you're not going to get as much out of it. And the whole idea is to get more efficient workouts and therefore more effective workouts in less time. And if you are looking at these different parameters and you are really putting your mind and muscle connection together, then yeah, you are going to get a lot more results from less time and less time in the gym because you'll be so much more effective. And of course, having more control over your muscles is also going to keep you more healthy, you know, reduce that chance of injury and create that time under tension that you need. And there's been repeated studies that show that the time under tension is very important for giving you your most effective workout. There was actually a study where they had six second negatives or the lowering portion versus one second. And the six second ones were actually three times better at changing and stimulating the muscle. So, I mean, that's a huge difference when you're looking at somebody going real fast and not paying attention versus somebody doing a little slower pace and being more focused. And it's not that you have to go super duper slow. It's just, to me, it's a normal pace. I think in making the video, I was going to try to demonstrate it myself, but I can't. I just, you know, sometimes you get to a point where you just, there's no way you can do it wrong. That's why I have some other people as examples, which you'll see if you go watch that video. There's definitely different do's and don'ts and parameters for tempo trainings, not just saying, all right, here's one tempo for everything and that's what I'm going to do. There are also different body parts that respond better to different types of tempos. For example, your hamstrings are more of an explosive muscle. So they're going to do better with some of those faster tempos that focus on explosiveness. But they are also a muscle group that likes to do the negative and will respond well with the negative. So maybe some of the slow negatives. When you're thinking about tempo training and setting up a program, you need to consider what type of muscle fibers each muscle is. And of course, you don't have to get that detailed. But sometimes if you're trying to get the absolute best out of a workout, maybe it's for a, an event or an athlete, then yeah, these are things that you want to consider. When you're using tempo training, you don't have to use it in every single set that you do. I mean, sometimes you can just go at whatever pace feels comfortable as long as it's not that super fast, crazy pace. So you don't have to use 
tempo for everything. You also don't have to use the same tempo every single time. So that's kind of goes back to using if you're fast twitch, slow twitch, if you want endurance, if you want more explosiveness, that's going to change what your tempo is going to be or what we would call your tempo prescription. There's endless numbers of combinations that you can do for these tempos. And that means that you can have endless numbers of workouts that are going to be different. Of course, with most workouts, you want to repeat it a couple of times so that you give your body a chance to adapt and then change it before it gets complacent with it. So that way you keep your body changing. So you can compare maybe apples to apples by doing one exercise and then a couple of months later doing that same exercise at the same tempo or even at a different tempo. And that's also where keeping a log comes into play because if you don't record your weights and what your tempo was, then when you go back to that later, you're not going to really know what to do. And that's going to waste time. Basically, when you are planning your programs, keeping a log, you can go back and look and see what weight you were using. And if you are using the same tempo, then that would coordinate. If you're doing a slower tempo, you're probably going to need to use a lighter weight. Keeping a log is not just good for your motivation because you can look back and see your progress. It's also good for your motivation because it can tell you what you've done before and maybe you can do something different. It's also going to save you time because you're not going to sit there and waste probably one or two workouts where you're trying to figure out the, the right weight to use. This is one of the parts that I actually left out of the video because I felt it might have been too detailed for that type of audience. So when we're talking about tempo training and changing your body faster, there was actually four big benefits. And the first being muscle stimulation, which we know that's the whole point of doing our workouts. But there's actually different parts of that that take it to an entirely higher level of efficiency and productiveness. You actually have the activation, of course, of the muscles, the adaptation, whether your muscle has to work to grow, and the amplification of the whole process. So basically, that is just saying that, you know what, when you combine all of these things together, you're going to get several times more than if you didn't. A second huge benefit is going to be strength gains because you're actually exploiting the phase where you have more muscular control, which is usually that lowering portion of the exercise. And in the same respect, it's usually when people are trying to lift weights that are very, very heavy to try to elicit that response that they injure themselves. That's usually when the elbows or the shoulders get that wear and tear or get tweaked in a weird fashion that just makes them very unhappy. By using a weight that you can control on the way up or even having somebody spot you with a super heavy weight and having them lift it up, you can always control it much better coming down. Now along the same lines with that, with tempo training, your form and your control is going to be better. And we just touched on how your mind-muscle connection is going to be stronger. And so, of course, that's going to mean your form is going to be better. And sometimes it also breaks down into making you do the right form. There's many times that people are training that they slip into bad habits. And I've seen many people doing bicep curls with their elbows forward. And that's really just putting the shoulders into that whole exercise. So trying to get people to break those habits and change the tempo at the same time Sometimes it really forces you to learn or relearn how to do that exercise correctly. The fourth benefits by far the most important one, and that is faster, better, safer results. So for whatever your training goal is, whether it's fat loss or strength or endurance or explosive power, then you're going to be able to use a tempo to target your specific goal 
and you're going to get to your goal faster with better results and safer results, less chance of injuring anything. When getting into how to use tempo training, we know that there's the four different parts of the exercise and therefore there's going to be four different numbers to coordinate with that. And we kind of have to take a couple steps back and say, okay, well, what is our training goal? Is it relative strength, absolute strength, hypertrophy, which is what most people's goal is for changing their body or muscular endurance. And then that's going to tell us how many seconds per set we want to be using. In the video, I go over the different ranges, but for here, I'm going to talk about the hypertrophy because that's, again, what most people want to do is change the shape of their body. And in that respect, 40 to 70 seconds per set is what you're looking for. What we did was break it down into a seven second set based on the tempo. And then of course you multiply that out for the eight repetitions and that gave you a range of about 50 to 60 seconds per set. So it's right in the middle of that. So you can kind of start to see how it shapes up without you really having to sit there and add it all up. The tempo, which is a very common one, is doing a four, two, one, zero. So what that means is that you're going to be lowering for count of four. So the first number is always going to be the lowering or the negative or the eccentric. These are all mean the same thing. The second number is going to be the pause at the bottom, which doesn't necessarily mean your muscles fully relaxed. Your muscles should be a little, should be engaged. The third one is the concentric or the lifting where you're bringing the weight up. And then of course, the last one is going to be the pause at the top. A lot of times we use the number zero and zero really is not a number when it comes to lifting because even if you get it up to the top if you don't hold it for a second that's still a second you know even when you hold it for a second that's 1001 but you still have to hold it at least that 1000 and go back down so zero is kind of like a half a one if that makes any sense there are times where you will use the letter x which is less than zero and that means it's perfectly explosive you would come up and not even that half a second you'd be right back down into your repetition and that's more for explosive type training that you'd be using for relative strength and absolute strength because as you can tell if you're doing something where you're not even pausing at the top then it's going to be less time that's where those strength parameters come in because the seconds for strength are much less they're almost half the amount of those for hypertrophy and muscle endurance when you're thinking of your exercise it's usually good to just envision yourself or just take your arms down and start doing a bicep curl and that's the way it's easier to understand that tempo. If you were to start with your arms at the bottom of the motion, you're kind of halfway through the repetition scheme. Think of yourself as lifting it and then starting with that first number, which in this case, our example was four. And I think I said it backwards earlier. I meant to say four, zero, two, one. But anyways, it doesn't matter. You can mix it up however. But anyways, the lowering portion being four. Think about yourself lowering in four seconds. And of course, those are, you know, 1,001, 1,002, not one, two, three, four, five, <laughs> which is what some people do, or at least it looks like that's what they're doing. And then not pausing at the top, coming right back up. And again, when we say not pause, it really is kind of a half a pause and coming up in two seconds, holding that pause at the top for one second and then going back into it. If you think about how we originally learned how to do exercise, at least this is how I did a million years ago, we always talked about doing the same count up and down. And at some points there was even, okay, faster up than down keeping that negative always a little bit slower. In teaching people for the first time, I usually tell them to come up in like three or four seconds and down in three or four seconds. Very worst case scenario, people would come up to down to, but if you keep that pace the same in both directions, it's gonna be a little bit easier to control the weight. 
what we're doing with this is we're just really manipulating each one of the phases of an exercise to accentuate the different things that can be gained from that. We know the lowering portion is going to stimulate the muscles much, much more than the lifting portion. So it only makes sense to make that lowering portion the slower part of the tempo. And then the pause at the top and the pause at the bottom, there's really not a whole lot that we're going to be getting out of that except for a nice feel about it, maybe the pump. But as far as muscle activation goes, there's not much there. Some of the studies that I looked at were really interesting because they compared the lifting to the lowering uh, and then everything in between. And what they basically found was that if people just did the lowering portion only, they received the benefit. But if they did the lowering and the lifting, they really weren't getting that much extra benefit from the lifting part. So yes, you're getting some benefits, but it was far outweighed to the point where a lot of the studies were focusing on just the eccentric or just the lowering portion. And they had people doing, uh, it was a three second negative, which obviously with a very max weight because they didn't have the person lift it. They had somebody help them lift it or in other cases they had a machine lift it. So the person was truly only doing three seconds of lowering and they did it for one set. And then they tested between three and five times a week to see which was more efficient and effective. And what they found was that just doing one set, that one set of a three second negative, and I'll basically give you the results here of like several studies, but they found that three times a week was good, but five times a week was better. What they basically determined was that, you know what, as long as you're really stressing those muscles on the eccentric portion of that motion, then you can do a little bit more frequently, and that's going to benefit you more than just doing one or two sessions that have many, many sets. So think about that when you're rushed or you are very short on time. Don't think that you have to get your whole workout in. You just have to get the intensity in. So maybe take your weights a little bit heavier, but not so much to compromise form, and maybe slow down those negatives to twice the speed. Maybe instead of four seconds, yeah, eight seconds, and do half the amount of sets. There's, again, infinite numbers of ways to mix it up, but realize that doing a little bit more frequently is going to be better for you than trying to do one or two big workout sessions. And it's interesting because I was reading something on stretching too, and it says the same, basically the same thing. You know, a little bit of stretching every day or on a regular pattern is going to be much better than doing one day where you stretch everything. And that's kind of what we look at to do with lifestyle fitness is that, you know what, it's not just about going to the gym and getting your workout there. It's getting your workout in everything you do whether it's going to pick something up and you squat down or you lunge down and you think about your form and you're doing your lunge properly, or whether it's parking further away and using that time to walk a little faster to get to where you're going, just these little things that come into play during our regular life. So that, that kind of helps incorporate exercise if we can't get to the gym three times a week. I mean, I think four times a week is optimum, but again, there's a time when you're lucky if you get there once a week. I mean, I know that's how I've been the last couple of years. If I got one workout in of my own workout in, it was like, wow. And then sometimes two, again, that's not optimal, but all the other little things that I'm doing, fixing this in the house, climbing a ladder, doing that, you know, all that kind of stuff that's still engaging those muscles and pretty much counting as some form of exercise, even though it's not in the gym. Always look for opportunities to do exercise outside of the gym. When you write your program using the tempo training parameters, you want to think about a few things. You can think of these as tempo training guidelines. 
your tempos are going to vary with your exercise selection, just like your repetitions and your sets and your rest periods are going to change with different exercises. Well, so will your tempos. And again, you won't necessarily be using specific tempos on every single exercise. Usually your first one to two exercises and those would be the ones with the large body parts because again, that's where you're looking to make the most progress with your strength and to add lean muscle. Your smaller body parts, yes, you'll still be doing exercises for them, but they don't have to be as focused on tempo. Your tempos are also going to vary based on the training goal and the muscle type. And if you had to break it down into a generalization, your fat loss tempos are going to be longer because that's going to allow more metabolic adaptations to occur and it's going to improve your body composition and lead to fat loss. And if you are looking more for power and strength, then you're going to have shorter explosive tempos as like Olympic lifting and your fat loss being the longer tempos, more like your regular training, just with more focus and concentration and attention to the pace that you're using and the pace that you're using at different points in that particular exercise. For changing the shape of your body and for fat loss, we're talking about hypertrophy and that 40 to 70 seconds per set. Then just calculate it all out for you already. You're going to be using the moderate repetition range of 8 to 12. You're going to be using moderate loads, which that's the 65 to 85% of your one rep max. And remember, the fitgirlpodcast.com site has that calculator on there. It's not usually safe for most people to do a true one rep max. It's safer to just go ahead and say, I can do eight reps at this weight and use the calculator. At least it gives you a really solid place to start and 65 to 80% of your one rep max is still, you know, training pretty hard. I mean, you're definitely not doing anything lazy and you shouldn't be because you want to change your body. We're working hard no matter what. When we get into the tempos, you're going to think of that lowering stage as being, of course, the slower part of the whole tempo equation. And that would be like two to four seconds. Yes, you can go six seconds, eight, 10 seconds, whatever you want. But again, that's usually going to be a little longer portion. The lifting portion, the concentric portion is going to be between one to three seconds. So thinking of it as maybe sometimes half of your lowering. And then, of course, your pause at the top, pause at the bottom, anywhere from X, zero, one, two, three, and whatever you want to do with that. To get the most out of tempo training, you want to use the large body part exercise. And of course, that would mean that that is your first exercise. And depending on what body part it is, you might have two large body part exercises. If you're doing legs and back that day, then obviously you would. And you want to prioritize the tempo training. Because when you are fresh and you can focus and you're working something that's going to do the most for you, then obviously that's where you want to have your focus. And to be honest, you can actually do maybe just these two large body part exercises and that's it because you are working, if you're working hard enough, you're going to be stimulating the muscles to change and the other things that you might want to do, like if you want to do, I don't know, flies or lateral raises on a, a shoulder day then that's something that's kind of extra. Maybe you can work on your form on that as well. And yes, you can use tempos for that, but that's not going to be the main focus of your workout. Those are sort of your secondary exercises for some of the smaller body parts. That brings us to the next big thing to focus on, and that is knowing what exercises and tempos you're going to use before you work out. The neat thing about using tempos is that you can use them in cycles. Just like we had gone through the whole periodization where you can have six weeks or eight weeks or 12 weeks of a certain program that you focus on your strength or maybe focus on your tempos and therefore your strength and 
basically chop it up into different phases throughout the year. And that way you're going to stay motivated. You're going to say, okay, well, I only have six weeks on this program and maybe I like this exercise, but I don't like that one, but it's only six weeks and I need to do it to see if I can make progress. And then the next six weeks, you know, you're changing it. It gives you a little more urgency to get to the gym and finish those workouts within that first six week period. But it also gives you the kind of excitement of knowing what's coming next, which is like, oh, I get to do such and such tempo next or these type of exercises. Or maybe you don't even do tempo training for a whole cycle. Knowing your workouts before you go to the gym is one of those things that is the key to motivation because you have some idea of what you're going to be doing. Most people, unfortunately, go into the gym and they just wing it and they do a little of this, a little of that, and they don't really get anywhere. Now, I know even when I go in and I don't have my book with me or maybe I'm not on any particular cycle or program that I'm focused on, I always have kind of a game plan for different body parts and different exercises I want to go to or now I want to hit this many sets or that many exercises or you know, this particular body part. So there's always that framework in my head of a plan. I may not have all the specifics written out, but still that's kind of what you need to do. I mean, obviously I've been doing this a million years, which is a very long time, obviously. So I know what I need to do. Not everybody can kind of pull all that stuff out of the hat and know exactly where to go to get the good workout. And that's why it's easier to have everything pre-written, pre-planned, and it's amazing how you can get so much more progress when you have your plan and you follow it. And even if you miss a day or two or you can't get the whole workout done because of whatever, you still are going to be probably 80% better than had if you had no plan at all. Because if you don't have a plan, you really don't have that urgency to go to the gym. You know, it's like, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, I'll do it tomorrow. And then all of a sudden it's a month later and you still haven't done it. Now your goal is to at least do one exercise with some tempo training in your next workout. And I know you might not have time to plan out your whole workout, but give that tempo that we used in our example and in the video example, which is 4021. So that was four for the lowering, zero at the bottom, two up, one at the top. And you can reverse those bottom pause and top pause uh, numbers as well. Your second goal is to help me out and go to that YouTube channel, Fitness Makeover, and watch the video. And of course, click like, but watch the videos because it helps the overall channel if you make it at least through half to three quarters of the video. If you can do that, that would be great. And the other thing that uh, maybe you can help me out with is we are on episode 295 and it's taken me, I know I had a couple of years of break there, but we're almost to episode 300. So I kind of want to do something special, but I'm not really sure. So if you think of something special, uh, send me an email or if I send you an email, hit reply and give me some ideas because I definitely want to do something special and I just don't know what. I mean, I've got five episodes, so I'll probably think of something. Either way, go ahead and shoot those ideas if you have any. As always, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I look forward to giving you all the insights to help you reach all of your goals and to help you get your best body ever. For more details about this podcast and other episodes, visit fitgirlpodcast.com.